Why don't you go ahead and be seated for a, a, a bit or a while, however long you want. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I sense the presence of the Lord. Ooh, it's good. Amen. I don't know if he's out there, but he's here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let me just, uh, let me just begin to, to say a few things that, that are on the inside of me, and then we'll see where that goes. You guys could probably sit if you want. I mean, you don't have to, but I just feel your pain. We can, <laughs> we can always call you back up if we need you. We may need you. And uh, thank you, Lord. God is good. You know, uh, let me just start, start by saying, start the next part by saying, uh, uh, there's a big difference. I started to say some of this to our, our Bible college students recently. There's a big difference between being a Christian, being a new covenant believer, and the false religions of this world. Okay, it was true in Bible days. It's true today. One of the big, uh, one of the big distinguishing elements that Paul drew out when he wrote to the church at Corinth was the fact that uh, they they came out of these systems and so forth where they served these these mute gods. Okay, mute. What do you mean mute? That's like the button on your TV or whatever. The mute button. Anybody like the mute button? (laughs) Mute all commercials. Because almost all of them are drug commercials. And I don't believe in sitting there listening to sicknesses and disease. That's not good for my my health. (laughs) So if I... If I'm near a mute button, anyway, that's irrelevant to what I'm saying. I don't want to pull Pastor Mickey. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, they, uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where he, he, he made the distinguishing point there because he goes on, Paul writing to Corinth, and he takes the chapter the next chapter, next couple of chapters, uh, giving lots of instructions about how the Spirit of God works because so much of it has to do with speaking. All right? In other words, you used to serve these mute gods. In other words, these gods that wouldn't talk. Well, basically because they weren't real, because they're dead. They serve these idols and so forth, and they're just little statues, and they thought, that's my God, and it wasn't. It was just a statue, right? Yeah, but they weren't speaking gods, he said. But, but one, of the, one of the key core elements of Christianity is God speaks. Amen. He has spoken. He always has been a speaking God. He spoke in Genesis, right? And then as things went south through humanity, he, re- he raised up prophets and so forth uh, to speak because he wanted people to hear what he had to say. And 
and you know, of course, those were prophets in the Old Testament. In the New Covenant, Jesus comes along, and he's definitely the voice of God. And then on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to do what? Speak with other tongues. But then, then came, you know, interpretation and dreams and all this, and visions and all these things where God was speaking. It's, it's, again, it's one of the, it's one of the ABCs of Christianity that God speaks, which watch, you can see why the devil works so hard in various parts of the body of Christ to push doctrines that align with the mute gods. In other words, God doesn't talk anymore. He stopped talking 2,000 years ago. He hasn't said a thing for 2,000 years. Well, what does that sound like? <laughs> that sounds like the mute gods. And that's incorrect. All right. But he's convinced millions and millions of people that they, they hold to that belief that God doesn't talk to people anymore. The only thing he says is what he already said. And he won't talk to you about your life or your family or your money or your decisions. And he won't, no, no, you just have to find a scripture of where he told someone else what they should do, but no, I'm going to talk to you. And that's just, that's just very wrong. Okay. And, uh, but the, the Corinthians, they, uh, they knew this and they had to deal with a God who speaks. And then they had some issues with how to control that in a, in an environment like this. And so he had to give them lots of instructions about who can talk and who couldn't talk and who should speak now and who should speak then and how many people should speak and, and all this kind of stuff because everyone's saying, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word. The Lord said this, the Lord said this. And they would go off and tongues were uncontrolled and prophecy was galore and there was a lot of chaos. It wasn't very orderly. They didn't know how to have a regular church, uh, regular church service. But in one sense, you know, as some used to say, better little fire than no fire at all. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or, no, I said that wrong. Better a little wildfire than no fire at all. You know, better a little, better have a little bit of disorder than the order of a graveyard. Right? <laughs> and just, 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 just dead and God's never moving. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in, uh, you know, I'm a pastor and so forth, so it's not like I get to choose, but... You know, if I wasn't and I was praying, Lord, where do you want me to go to church? I'm pretty certain he wouldn't send me to a church where he never spoke. Even if they had reverence for the Bible, at least, you know, parts of it, the parts that don't, the parts that don't say that he still speaks, I mean. <laughs> God wants to speak. That's ABCs. This is elementary school. Yeah? Uh, okay. If you look at, and you don't have to, if you, you can, see if it's there, see if I'm telling the truth. If you look at the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, I think it's verse 6. It's either 6 or 7, right in there. It says, Paul writes to the Corinthians and says that you come short or come behind in no gift. Verse 7, okay, verse 7. You come behind in no gift. In other words, right at the beginning, he's giving them compliments. He's telling them good things about, because the letter's kind of rough after that. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of strong language in the book. But at the beginning, he said, you guys come behind in no gift. What do you mean you come behind in no gift? They had 
with all their, their immaturity, they had gifts of the Spirit in their lives, in their services, just galore. They didn't have any that were, that were missing. All the gifts. And there was no one else that was ahead of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be behind. Or he wouldn't say, you come behind and no gift. They're ahead of everybody. You probably didn't ever go to a, a, church, a service at, at the Corinthian church where God wasn't moving. There wasn't manifestations of the Spirit of God. Yet, if you read the letter, you will also find that they were very immature. They were, they, the word is chapter 3. It's called carnal. Carnal, remember chili con carne? <laughs> chili with meat, right? Fleshy. Fleshy, carnal, immature. Right? So, that, so, they, uh, so they're a carnal church. They're, they're not mature, yet God's moving through them. Just in case anyone ever, ever wants to disqualify themselves. Well, God can't use me, or God won't speak to me, or God won't speak through me, because i got to get some things worked out in my life beforehand. Hmm? I don't think so. I think if he used those goofs, <laughs> he might even use me. <laughs> right? And, and, and what, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, again, if you read the book, you'll find uh, that they, they had carnality galore. They were uh, fighting with each other, and they had, you know, sexual problems and marriage problems, and they're taking each other to court, and they have communion services, and some of them get drunk, <laughs> right? And, and, oh, and just gorge themselves while someone else is starving, and, you know, it, it just, you can just read through the book. They had all kinds of issues that had to be addressed, and God was still moving there. If you ever think, well, as soon as we get our act together in here, if we become a little more holy, then God will start moving. No, no, I value holiness. We should be holy. We should be holy as he is holy. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think God's going to stop moving until we get everything perfect or hold back his spirit. No, I think you can, you can be used of God. God will speak to you. It's just part of being a believer. It really is. God will talk to you. Amen. Say it out loud. God, God will talk. To me. To me. Yeah. Come on. Everybody say, before, before I get it all figured out. Figure it out. Yeah. He will. Right. He's not going to be silent until you get to third grade. <laughs> or get to high school. Well, uh, you're still in elementary school. Can't talk to you yet. <laughs> Keep growing. If you'll go to Life Bible College, when you graduate, I'll start talking to you. <laughs> no, he'll talk to you today. That doesn't negate the need for anything else or anything else that we should grow in. And all. No, he just will. Okay, now, now what? You look at the, the book of Acts and you'll find in various places where people received uh, the Holy Spirit. Okay, Acts 19 is one of them. Um, verse, I don't know, six or seven. Uh, there's another one in there with the four daughters. All right. In other words, they got filled with the Spirit. They spoke with tongues, because they all spoke with tongues when you get filled with the Spirit. That's still the same as today. Uh, they spoke with tongues and, anybody know what, what they did and? Prophesied. They prophesied. What do you mean? You already prophesying? You just got filled with the Spirit. You certainly can't prophesy yet. You got to be, you know, a good tongue talker for a few years. 
<laughs> before you learn to prophesy. Well, apparently not. It's not about, you know, it's a gift. So it's not really about anything other than yielding. They got filled with the Spirit. Many of those, they got saved at the same time. Saved, baptized in the Spirit, spoke of tongues, and prophesied. Prophecy is one of the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. If they could do it, you could do it. Yeah. You could prophesy too. I mean, if they could, you could. Why are they better than you? If they can, I can. I can prophesy. You can prophesy. Now, I mean, no, prophesy is not, doesn't mean predict the future. That could be in the prophecy, but prophecy by itself is not future-oriented. It's edification, exhortation, and comfort, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. All right, edification, <laughs> exhortation, comfort. It's encouraging. It's just the Lord speaking, things like things of that nature. They can do it. We can do it. The Corinthian church did it. That crazy bunch did it. They could, they could hear from God. They could hear from God. You can hear from God. They could say, I just got saved like yesterday. You can hear from God today. You can hear from God yesterday. Amen. Amen. When will God use me? Day one. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wants to use everybody that way. Now, at the same time, this is interesting. Just because someone can hear from God does not mean that he will necessarily tell you the exact same things he will tell someone or maybe even you at a later point. He's not going to go silent with you. He's not going to keep you out of the loop. But just because he'll talk to you doesn't mean he'll tell you the same things he's going to tell somebody else. And doesn't mean he's going to tell you everything. I don't control what God tells me. I ask him sometimes, lots of times actually, for understanding, for help, for direction. I don't control what he's going to say. It's not mechanical like that. But I know I can hear from him. I know he'll talk to me. But I don't always know what. Okay. The Corinthians came behind in no gift. They joined into this new covenant relationship with a God that speaks. Yet Paul still had to write him a letter and answer a bunch of questions. They wrote Paul, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And that's what the letter is about. A lot of the letter is him answering their questions, Q&A. So even though they can hear from God, there were some things they still wanted to ask Paul as an apostle. Isn't that interesting? Why don't you get that yourself? Well, I don't know, maybe, maybe God didn't want to tell him directly. Maybe they weren't listening well enough to hear the answers that they needed to hear. It doesn't matter, but, but God still spoke to them through another method. Everybody with me? All right, so even when someone can hear from God, do they still need to hear from, from their spiritual leaders or ministry gifts? Yes. So does anyone get to a point where I just hear from God and everything comes to me direct? I don't see that in Scripture. I see that people who heard from God also heard from God through others. God would still use authorities, leaders, ministry gifts, so forth, to say certain things to them. Yeah. It's still true that God will speak to a body of Christ, to a group, to a church, to 
the body of Christ at large through prophets. And he may say something that way that he's not going to say other ways. That's his prerogative. Everybody with me now? Okay. And, and so part of what I'm, what I'm saying here is uh, we all should have great confidence that we can be used of God. We can hear from God, but we should also watch that we don't slide into a ditch where we think I'm so attuned and so hearing that I'm not going to listen to anybody else. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We still need to listen to spiritual leaders. Some things will come that way. Sometimes it's stuff we need to fix. It's stuff that we're, some, something we may not be quickly open to. You'll still know in the inside that it's God, but sometimes, you know, we don't hear those things and we need to hear it through somebody else. Praise God. Um, it's like uh, what the, the scripture says in, uh, in Hebrews in the 13th chapter, 6th or 7th verse, somewhere in there. <laughs> It's actually verse 7 again, <laughs> uh, where, where, it taught, where, where Paul, right, I believe Paul, you know, wrote Hebrews, uh, where he says, uh, uh, obey those who have the rule over you, right? Well, how many know if, if you, you, could, you could get in a ditch with the I can hear from God mantra and where you hear from God and you don't listen to anyone else? Why would he tell these spirit-filled new covenant believers, obey those who have the rule over you? Why didn't he just tell them, listen to the Lord inside. He'll guide you. He wasn't not saying that because he wrote that in other places. Why was he saying, obey those who have the rule over you? Well, it seems to me when I do the math, if I back up, why would you say that? Well, because some people are saying, I don't have to listen to you. The Lord told me this. I was praying, you should just trust that I hear. I'm not listening to you. Talking to their, their, their spiritual leaders. Amen. Everybody okay? This is Wednesday night, so we can, do, we can say anything, right? Go any direction. We can just follow the Lord and, and see. You can check. I mean, you've got to bear witness with this on the inside, but, but that's what he said. He didn't say, well, you hear from God by yourself, so don't listen to other people. And the fact that it says obey, that has to do, that's one of those submission words. That means that, you know, if you have to be told that, it's because you don't want to. It's because I want to do this, I want to go this way, but I'm being told to go this way. What do I do in those situations? Well, you pray about it. No, he didn't say pray. He said obey. I know this is not like the most popular uh, uh, you know, word or subject in our country, do what someone else tells you to do, especially when it comes to spiritual things. It's like, bless God, we're free. We do what we want. I don't want to be controlled. Sorry, I just spit on you there. I saw that. It was, it was good. It was anointed. <laughs> but I'll step back for your benefit. Baptisms were Sunday. Uh, but he... He didn't say whenever you have something to do, just pray about it. He, he, in some situations, he said, follow your leaders. 
Again, that's only needed when you don't want to do it or you think different or you believe the Lord is telling you something different. Say, well, that's risky. I mean, telling us to follow like people, they're fallible. Human beings, they make mistakes. I know it's risky, isn't it? It's like marriage. Isn't marriage risky? I will, you know, what's the words? For as long as we both shall live. You put your word out there and said that? I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, I did. (laughs) How do you know what they're going to do? You don't. I mean, hopefully you know that person well enough to have some degree of trust and confidence. But that's like risky. You just gave them your word. You're staying with them the rest of your life. What if they do something stupid? (laughs) Don't pray about it. (laughs) Well, I've been praying about it and the Lord, I don't know if the Lord wants me to stay with you. (laughs) What verse is that? (laughs) Huh? That's not a verse. Hallelujah. Well, it's like some Christians today, uh, and this is Wednesday, so we can, do, we can be, just say things straight, right? It's just strong. It's just us. Just keep this between us. It's like some Christians today say, um, I, I'm leaving my church. There's just some things I, I don't agree with. Well, I know. Now you get a chance to do that verse in Hebrews 13. They think somehow they have a permission from God to, to go away from something they don't agree with. Come on. <laughs> that is so unscriptural. Yeah. I don't agree with the way th- some things have happened. Now you get to submit. <laughs> Listen, if that never happens to us, we don't grow. If we become Christians, that goes from, you know, place to place because ah, I don't like this anymore. Ah, I disagree with this. Ah, this rubs me the wrong way. Ah, and I've prayed about it. And the Lord is, the Lord didn't tell you to pray about it. He told you to do what your leaders told you to do. Well, I disagree with them. I know. That's why the verse is there. If you had to agree, we wouldn't need the verse. Hallelujah. See, this is great. It serves like this. I can say things like that and no one runs out because they, you know, everyone will know. (laughs) Baby, you carnal thing. (laughs) You can't handle disagreement, can you? Everything has to be your way, just like you want it said. (laughs) Hallelujah. Some of you are laughing. Some of you are like struggling on the inside with this. Like, not sure what to think about this. And again, you think someone could say the wrong thing. They totally could. If anyone blatantly tells us to go against the word, we're going to obey God, obviously. Obviously, he's the higher authority. It's just, I'm, just, I'm just not talking about those kind of situations. I'm talking about people who hear from God, talking about the Corinthians, 
talking about others, God speaks to all of us. We're his kids. That doesn't mean that it's, it just goes unfettered, unchecked. There's no you know, spiritual guidance or leadership or anything like that. And it, once you become you know, spirit-filled, no one can ever tell you what to do again. Amen. Thank you, Lord. See, there's something about mature believers is they have learned to deal with hard things. They have learned how to properly handle disagreement. They've learned how to, how to do things that they didn't want to do, that were uncomfortable. Amen. I mean, even, in, even Peter and Paul got into it. I mean, remember when, when Paul rebuked Peter for being a hypocrite? Yeah, Peter, the first pope. <laughs> According to the Catholics, you know, they think Peter was a pope. <laughs> but he was a church leader, a pillar in the church, if not pope. But, uh, uh, and, and Paul called him on the carpet for playing a hypocrite. What do you do? With, man, we got friction. Friction amongst the apostles. <laughs> what do we do? Well, mature people get through things. They get over it. They learn how to follow the leader and, and they figure out who's in charge, where and what situation and what time. And it's not about, well, I prayed about this and I just, I'm out of here. That's just immature. And it really keeps us out of God's best. Amen. We can hear from God and we also can hear from God through others. We also continue to maintain our respect, appreciation, for the gifts of uh, the ministry, the ministry gifts and the other gifts of the Spirit. And, and we, we, re, we give regard to them. We give place to them. Amen. And when God uses them, we heed it. Why? Because it's God's choice. It really is. I mean, no, sometimes you disrespect uh, some people in your life. You are dis you could talk about parents, children and parents. Children disregard their parents. They are disregarding the Lord. Amen. The Lord gave children parents. Yeah. And I've never met a perfect one. Except for Amy. <laughs> <laughs> but parents, you know, are all in a process. Most of them are good or trying hard. You know, there's some people that are bad for sure. Uh, but most are good, but not perfect. And sometimes make mistakes with their kids. But their kids are still, you know, told to obey their parents. That's risky. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we just have to be aware of, of that's how things work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Uh, Damien, could you come here? I was looking for you, and then uh, you were right in front of me. Hey, uh, tell me, tell, not, you don't tell me, tell them. <laughs> tell them what you told me you've been doing uh, with the podcast. Oh. And then... Uh, just as a just as a testimony example, whatever, and then tell them anything else you want to tell them. 
Amen. Thank you, sir. I'll just be right over here, ready to take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you guys don't know, my name is Damien, and I'm one of the interns in Third Year Bible College. And about a month and a half ago, we had a class in third years, and Pastor Wade brought up a really good point. He talked about feeding from your pastors. As Christians, especially now with social media, we have so many external voices outside. We have every voice, almost every pastor in this nation and across many nations that we can listen to in a click of a few seconds. And I was truly convicted because, you see, what a lot of us Christians do a lot of times is, Pastor Mark was saying, we start to disagree with something. Well, guess what? We start listening to other voices. Now, we might, we might start listening to external voices, other pastors here in the area, pastors across this nation online that have a good following that might sound pretty good. It perks up your ears. And they're sharing their vision for their church. They're sharing their vision for their flock. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad vision. It's a good vision, a vision that sounds good to you and me, but it's not for you and me. Our vision is the vision that the Lord put in Pastor Mark. So if I'm having a disagreement, if I don't agree with what Pastor Mark or one of our pastors is saying, well, guess what? All of a sudden, I start listening to all these other voices, put all these YouTube videos of these pastors all over this place, all over the nation, which, I mean, yeah, they're good messages, but guess what? Pastor Mark has been assigned to lead us to greener pastures. He's our pastor. He feeds us. And we start looking over the fence, like Pastor Wade said in our third year class, and guess what? Oh, you know, uh, I liken it to, to we're all cows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're munching on, on food all day, all grass, and all of a sudden, you know, you get near the fence. And hey, look at all them cows over there in the corner. They got some pretty tall grass. They got some pretty tall grass that they're feeding on, and that looks pretty tasty. And that's how that begins. Those cows over there have been assigned a shepherd from the Lord. And it is his job to feed them. Anyways, going back to the podcast. <laughs> whoop, going all the way back around. The Lord convicted me through that class that I was feeding too much on external voices. I was feeding on too many other pastor, pastors' visions that even a little bit of temptation crept in and, hey, wanting to maybe check another place out. It happens. I think it's happened to every single one of us where 
You know, it might seem like a good thing, but that is a temptation. I, I was called here. We were all, if you're here, for the most part, you were called to this place. The Lord is not telling you to uproot yourself. You see, there's, 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 there's few ways that we should leave the church. There's only a few ways that we should actually leave the, leave the church. And a really good example that I'm glad I was a part of in this service was when Jamar and Aubrey left. They didn't say, it is time for me to leave. They didn't say, I got offered this position. I prayed about it. We're going to go. They went down the proper chain to, through their parents, through Pastor Mark, and they went through the proper ch- chain and Pastor Mark did the right thing, prayed over them in front of the whole congregation and sent them out. I mean, it's not going to look like that for everybody. He's not going to pray for 3,000 of us individually to send us out somewhere else. But that's a really good example of submission to their current leadership. And there was a proper changeover. And guess what? Now they're blessed and we're blessed because of it. Back to the podcasting. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was convicted, so I, w- I was led to feed more from my own pastor. I knew that, hey, you know what? There's a lot that my pastor has, has, has given us through social media, through, through, through saving a lot of the messages in the archives so that we can, so that we can feed and the really cool thing is, I mean, I went, I went to Spotify. I went all the way back, and at, at least in Spotify, it started at June of 2012. And the really cool thing about it was when I started doing that, I started going back to where I was back then. I started comparing my life. Like, okay, back in 2012, I was actually in the Marine Corps at the time. I was in Japan in June of 2012, and I was like, oh, I remember this. Like, this is a really good message. And at this time, I was in the Marine Corps in Japan, and the really cool thing is June of 2012, there was something that stirred in me back then, like a, a hunger for God. And I remember this, uh, this guy, his name was Corporal Cobb. He was one of, one of my NCOs, non-commissioned officers. And he was a Christian. He was a Baptist. And I would ask him so many questions. I was hungry. I was like, hey, I want to know more. And he would tell me things. But the one and most important thing that he didn't do is he, he just he didn't lead me to the Lord. And it was until 2020 when I finally came here and said, Lord, I'm yours. But so much revelation, so much has actually come from me submitting to Pastor Mark and feeding off of what he has to give me. And just today I was listening to some stuff. And it's so cool. I'm like, dude, I was just listening to this 2014 message. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we've heard certain verses, certain messages before. And, and it's almost like certain things that the Lord wanted to deliver to me were waiting for me right there, like Easter eggs, right? Just waiting for me to just pick them up. There's so much food, so much content that our pastor has to give, and that's blessed me so much. But anyways, that's all I have to say. 
45 minutes later. And uh, yeah, so I'm truly grateful. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Amen. 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 Now, he didn't know I was going to do that, so I didn't know I was going to do that. I'm going to tell a little bit ago in the service. I think I knew. So, say, what do you know about me? <laughs> Almost reminds me, thinking about what you were saying, because of the availability of, of things to listen to these days and watch on the internet, uh, what they said, what uh, was written in the New Testament about itching ears, about people in the last days heaping teachers to themselves, having itching ears. You know, it's the, I want to hear something new. I want to hear something new. Well, uh, and no one, I'm certainly not trying to tell people you can't listen to anything but, but me. I don't, I wouldn't tell you that. Uh, but I think there's a, there is a danger, that itching ears mentality. And sometimes we get dazzled with something new. We, our, we go, woo, did you hear that? You gotta listen to this, gotta listen to this. What, what, I, what I started doing, I don't know, a, a number, a while back, I started being more picky at what I, what I listened to. Not because I thought some other things were bad or I just disagreed or thought it was going to harm me. I would look at the measure of how, it, of how various things helped me. And if I'm going to spend a lot of time reading something or listening to things, uh, uh, and then, you know, I finish, you know, and a month later, I don't remember any of it. it there, there was nothing that gave me any help or strength or redirection or revelation. And I'm thinking, why is that? That was good. That person who wrote that or ministered that, that was, it's good stuff. Why isn't it helping me? And, and part of my conclusion is that, it, that it, it's, it's not that the Lord was telling me it's bad. It probably is helping some people, changing their lives, but they're supposed to be connected. But me, and I don't put this on other people, me and that particular thing, the Lord didn't lead me to it. I just heard it from someone else or scrolled around and thought, that looks interesting. Watch this, listen to this, and then spend hours of time taking something in, but the Lord never led me to it. If the Lord leads me to it, I think it's gonna, it's gonna impact me, it's gonna help me. If he doesn't lead me to it, it's not bad per se, it might be a waste of my time. Does that make sense? It goes to, uh, it goes to valuing um, divine, divinely connected relationships. I believe this happens a lot, but it's not, they're not always respected. Meaning friendships, meaning spiritual connections at a place like this, at churches for sure is one spiritual connection where if we see that God's involved and we recognize he does some connecting and some joining and then we hold those connections in high esteem, we know they're going to be valuable. All right? Valuable how? In both directions. I'll be helped. The other part of the relationship will be helped. I'll be strengthened, they'll be strengthened. I'll get answers, they'll get answers, right? When those divine connections exist, 
When they're God-ordained relationships, the enemy's going to come after them. Because Satan wants to stop the flow of one body part to another. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, speaks of what every joint supplies. We're all the joints of the body that supply nourishment to one another, just like the physical body we do a spiritual body. He wants to break your arm off. <laughs> right? Sever this connection. Stop the blood flow. Stop this from happening. Why? Well, then you miss out on what you're supposed to get because it's from the Lord. It's just through that person. I miss out on what I'm supposed to get. It's from the Lord, but it's through that person. And so that's why whenever we can be spiritual enough to say, this is of God, this is a, this is a God-ordained connection relationship, whether it's body to, you know, the ministry gifts like I talked about, that connection, or it's, you know, brother, brother, sister, sister, brother, sister, you know, in the family, and we recognize it and say, I think we're supposed to do this together on some level. Now, don't get weird, brother, sister, and all of a sudden you're praying together alone and then you're at the hotel. Okay. I just feel a spiritual connection with you. No, this is not the church at Corinth. I've heard from God. <laughs> Keep spiritually minded. The flesh wants to get in there and have a little voice, right? But the enemy wants to break apart true godly relationships through offense, through, through other, other things, um, through failures and all kinds of stuff. So uh, we can be on guard for that. It'll be very helpful. Amen. Okay, we can hear God's voice, but we can also think we heard God's voice and it not be God. Isn't that entirely possible? Okay, well, what do I mean by, I mean, Jesus telling his disciples, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. And Peter speaks up and says, no, 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 Lord. Right? He says, get behind me, Satan. Right? So he's yielding to a wrong spirit. But a few verses earlier, he, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some say Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Who do you say I am? Peter speaks up. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So Peter can hear from the, from the father and the devil. <laughs> He's adept at both. <laughs> so lest we think, well, I could never get it wrong. Oh, yeah, you can. I could get it. I could get it wrong. But that's why we judge by the word. And we have relationships. Some of them are, you know, authorities and so forth, like we mentioned. And some of them are just other spiritual people in, in our life. But, but we never want to get to a point because we hear from God and God speaks through me or I prophesy or I, I do this, I have visions and the Lord shows me these things that we, you know, we're never open to hearing someone else say, say it different or say, are you sure about that? I think that might, you might be off, off in that. Amen. Now, if you're going around correcting everyone, you're probably off. I'm a prophet. Prophet's ministry is not about correcting everyone. <laughs> Everybody okay? That could be part of a prophet's ministry, but a prophet is a preacher first. How I many? There's no prophets in this house that are not preachers. Look up the words. Look up prophet and preacher. 
Look at what Paul said about himself and, and others. Pro- Old Testament, the prophets weren't just prophesiers. I'm just going around giving words to everybody. No, they were preachers. They would declare the word of the Lord. And then a part of that, sometimes God would give them specific things. Hallelujah. I don't know why I said that, but uh, if it helps, take it. Hey, man, you guys got anything? Come on, this is easy tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's play the piano, and then we'll go over and look over here at the students. Just in case any of them has to do something. Damien? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is good.